That's popped up. Shallow center field. Correa is out, calling everyone off. He's there, makes the catch, and that is the ball game. Now, the Houston Astros are 2017 American League West champions. Another Astros podcast. Three and two, the count to Jose Abreu. Peacock delivers. Slider bounced softly right side, waiting on it. Altuve, he's up with it, throws to first in time, inning over. One, two, three inning for Brad Peacock. He's retired six in a row and nine of the last ten as he's completed six innings of two-run baseballs. Peacock six strong, six innings, just one hit, but it was a two-run homer after a walk, two walks and six strikeouts in line for the win if the Astros can hold on. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Astros manager A.J. Hinch. Astros beating the White Sox last night once again, and uh, once again we saw Brad Peacock uh, turn in a, a really strong outing, and I know before the game you talk with the media and you talked about, hey, he's done everything he can, Peacock has, to put himself in a position to to be one of the starting pitchers in the in the postseason for the Astros, and uh, he certainly made a more more evidence in his favor last night. Sure, no, he's been really good, uh, really, almost every time out. I mean, it's hard to think of it, an outing where he hasn't been good, and which is the consistency that you need out of your rotation. The team feels like we're going to win every time he, he gets on the mound, and and he's been delivering five six innings uh, every time and giving us a chance to win. Meanwhile, the Astros against James Shields made him pay for the the back-to-back two-out walks, that two-run double by Yuli Gurriel, if not the biggest hit of the game, certainly one of the biggest. It was, and in that inning with two outs, you know, you you just try to get anything started, a couple of really good walks, and then Yuli gets a two-out base hit with two strikes. So a lot of good things to like where we could get back in control of the game. You know, I thought we swung the bats a little better than than the, than the score indicated, but uh, we did just enough to win, which is how we've been been at it for the last week or so. And Yuli, that was one of three hits that he had, and he's got seven hits in his last eleven at bats. And it seems like he has these stretches like this from time to time when when you just can't get him out. Yeah, it's t- he's a tough guy to get out. I mean, you, there's really nowhere to pitch him when he's getting hot like this. He can pull the ball, he can hit the ball the other way. Hits with two strikes. Uh, we need enough patience out of him to get into the at-bat because the more pitches he sees, the better he becomes. And uh, he's been very remarkably con- consistent. When I put him towards the bottom of the order, he's very comfortable down there. He's a tough out. And, you know, when the, when the guys get on base in the middle of the order and he's coming up, I have every, every bit the confidence of a middle-of-the-order type bat at the bottom of the order. Now you talk about Guriel being in the, in the bottom part of the order, and you know he's never batted there in the past, being a, a a really good player in Cuba for a number of years. But I mean, you look at this lineup up and down, and even if you're a run producer, you can't really be upset about where you bat because you're probably going to have opportunities to drive in guys, whether you're hitting ninth or fourth. Yeah, we can we can score any inning, and 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 our guys just have to deal with the fact that they are used to hitting in the top to middle of the order. But some guys have to, somebody has to hit seventh, somebody has to hit eighth, somebody has to hit ninth, and if anything, it eases the burden or the pressure off these guys because they can just be themselves. At any given inning, they might, they're a three-hole hitter or a four-hole hitter. It doesn't matter where they start. It only matters what, how productive they are once they get up to bat. Francisco Luriano came on after Peacock and, and a good pocket with some left-handed hitters and, and pitched well a 1-2-3 inning. Just seems like he's getting sharper and sharper and more comfortable with what you're asking him to do. He is. I think his, his warm-up routine has been good. His his consistency, I've, I've tried to give him a little bit of rest because we have to remember he was a starter the entire season until we got him. So that transition uh, has been unique. So I applaud him for the adjustments that he's made in his delivery. He's throwing more strikes. He's doing more things to help us win. A.J. Hinch, thanks for joining us. You got it. 2-2. Two, two. Swing and a miss. Got him on a high fastball. And that is the ball game. Six straight wins for the Houston Astros as they've taken the first two games of this series from the White Sox, winning tonight by a final of 4-3. to three. 
Uh, Big Joe knocking it down for a second save and stayed with his money pitch, the fastball up in the zone, staying aggressive and cool. Joe able to knock it down and give Giles a little rest as the Astros six straight wins at home. Hawk Harrelson, the famous Chicago White Sox broadcaster, uh, and former Major League player is my guest today here on Astro Launch. This is Steve Sparks. In 1963, you're with the Kansas City A's. You didn't play one round of golf. You played two rounds of golf before you showed up at the ballpark that day, and your hands were a little sore, a few blisters. That's right. Well, you know, when you're making $6,000 a year, that was the minimum salary, and you got to supplement your income if you're making six and spending 30. So every time I had a chance, uh, Ted Bosfield and I would play Sammy Esposito and Gino Simoli at $25 on Nassau. And the Yankees were in town, and I was platooning. I was a kid at the time, and they okay. were going to pitch a right-hander. So we went out. We played 27 holes of golf that day. Gotcha. I went right from the golf course to the ballpark. And uh, I look at the lineup card, and I'm in there because the Yankees had switched. They are going to pitch Whitey Ford. Wow. So now I was taking BP, and, and on my ring figure right here, I developed a blister from the 27 holes. <laughs> and I knew I had my golf glove up in the uh, clubhouse there so the game started I'm in there hitting third I go so to you play. went straight from the golf course to the ballpark oh yeah yeah I did that a lot <laughs> so I went up got my golf club. it was a flaming red golf glove I mean it was red so I went to the plate in the bottom of the first inning against Whitey and the Yankees were all over me I can't tell you over the air what they were calling me you you blank you bleep you bleep you know I mean it was just awful don't you know he hung me a curveball, and I hit it right over that 421 sign no out there way. in left center. Then later on in the game, I got another hanger and hit another one. That's hilarious. So the next day, all the Yankees— And nobody had batting gloves back then. No. Next day, all the Yankees had to run down, uh, come down from the clubhouse, which was way up behind the stands, behind third base, and there was a rampway walking down. They all had red golf gloves on. Mickey had the clubhouse guy. Mantle had the clubhouse guy go out and buy a couple of dozen. And that's how the, guy, the hitting glove got. To. In fact, Vince Scully blames me for the time of games now. Because everybody has to adjust their batting exactly. gloves to tighten them said, up. He, they, some writer asked him, Vin, why do you think that the games are taking so much longer now? He said, well, blame Hawk. He said, it's his fault. He's the guy that started the batting gloves. And after every pitch, these guys got to get out and adjust their gloves again. Hey, you retired from baseball kind of early. I mean, you, 29. You, felt, you felt like you lost your love of the game at that point? I did when I broke my leg. You know, in 68, uh, I came close to winning Triple Crown. I was voted player of the year mm -hmm. and finished third in MVP. And and then in 69, I actually had a better year playing with Cleveland, yeah, in that big ballpark. Yeah. You hit 30 home runs over there. 90 ribbies or something? Oh, uh, right. yeah. But, I mean, you know, that was it was a monster. It was like the Grand Canyon. Yeah. So then in 70, I uh, played in right field in Cleveland after the Browns got done with it. It was like a swamp. And I ordered some extra long spikes. And we're in Mesa playing the A's. And I'm on a slide. And then I wasn't going to slide. By that time, it was too late. I heard a pow, pow. And I knew my leg was broken, but I didn't know what my what the second pow was. And I picked my leg up. My foot's pointing down. So I reached up and I slammed it back into place. And as it turned out, it was a good thing I did that because it was a bad one. And I still have screws and staples in there right now. So uh, during that rehab, period, Stevie, I, I just I just lost interest in playing. Really? Yeah, I lost it. You know, I had two great years and uh, in a row, and, and then in that rehab, I had to sit out the whole year, and I, I it, towards the end, I started playing a little golf, and I love golf. Yeah. And I decided, okay, Hawk, you've done what you want to in baseball. Let's give golf a shot. But you felt like financially you could support yourself in golf? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I did, and well, on the other side of that page, though, I got two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars worth of canceled checks to prove I cannot play golf. 
<laughs> and a hacked off caddy to go uh, with it, right? Oh, yeah. Well, my caddy, I went over to play in the Spanish Open over there near uh, the French border in, uh -huh. you know, north of Barcelona, and my caddy got drunk. <laughs> he couldn't work, so I so you're solo. I know it. But Picking up somebody out of the gallery? I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun playing. I played, you know, I won a lot of small tournaments, and I played the British Open. Uh, I went over, Nicholas taught me into qualifying for that, and I went over, and the weather was terrible, and I'm not a good bad weather player. But I was just playing so well, I shot 70, 68 lead All-American qualifiers, and then Jack and I played uh, practice round. Just That was year in 72, he was going for the Grand Slam. He had won the Masters and won the U.S. Yeah. Open, you know, so. And he, he told me, he says, Hawk, he said, I'm so proud of you, you know, for uh, playing so well in the qualifying. And I looked at him, I said, Jack, I said, I know you're going for the Slam but I'm going to try to win this tournament. He looked at me and smiled, put his hand on my shoulder and says, you just keep that thought because you won't have it long. <laughs> so you, you got an opportunity. The, the Red Sox asked you to come up in the booth, and the rest is history, but uh, you have to be pretty uh, grateful to the Red Sox to give you that, that chance to get back into baseball. Well, they had called me the year before, uh, and they wanted me to come back as a DH. Okay. And I told uh, Dick O'Connell, who was the general manager, I said, Dick, I want to give golf one more year. But I had too bad a temper, you know, see, yeah. And, 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 and can you? Had, in baseball, it helped me because yeah. I had a bad temper. Uh -huh. And so that sort of cleaned things up. I was like, Brian McCann, don't, don't piss me off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in golf, it doesn't work. I'd go out with 14 clubs, and I'd come back with five or six. And you can't beat those guys with five or six clubs. They're yeah. too good. So finally, I, I met my fiance at the time. I met her. Uh, we dated, and I, and I knew if I didn't quit. I was going to lose her because I was going out every night and drinking and getting in fights and stuff yeah. like that. And I knew if, if I didn't stop, I'd lose her. So I stopped. And we just celebrated uh, on the 14th this month, uh, our 44th uh, wedding anniversary. The rest is history. Well, you got to say it for us. Our favorite line after, after an opposing team strikes out against the Chicago White Sox, will you drop it for us? He gone. This has been a production. And whoever in this crowd wasn't standing before, well, they're getting to their feet now. Of the Houston Astros. This place is rocking right now. Radio Network.